Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Very excited to have a very special guest on this Cloud and Clear. We have a customer we've been working with for a couple of years, and um, they've been doing some amazing things. And I'm really excited to have on the podcast, Justin Falciola, uh, Chief Insights and Technology Officer of Papa John's. Welcome, Justin. Hey, great to be here, Tony. Uh, before we dive into um, the current environment, uh, kind of in, a, in, 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 the, in the US and the world, and, and also some of the technology, um, work and and community work that Papa John's is doing. I I really like to know more about you and your background. I see Rutgers on there. We uh, spent quite a bit of time in Piscataway working with Colgate. So we drove by Rutgers a bunch of times <laughs> out of New Jersey. So you started your career there in information systems um, in, in your sort of education track. And you've just had an amazing ascend up to your current position. I think people love to hear a little bit more about, uh, about that journey. Sure. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, I love Italian food, Jersey guy. Um, uh, you know, my wife and I have, uh, have six kids, uh, uh, not always, wow. not always uh, beautiful. Um, but, but we love them uh, regardless. And, um, we've had a great time here in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, just growing with, uh, the Papa John's family. So, um, some of my background, as you mentioned in financial services, I start at, uh, at Intel and, and went into um, a career really in the, the finance space from a technology um, perspective. What's amazing about finance is just how many different uh, different disciplines there are. Um, you know, Tony, you could just uh, really explore that that whole world for a long time from a technology professional standpoint. Um, have always loved uh, architecture. Have always loved uh, digital channels, e-commerce things that touch the customer. Um, but from a career standpoint, both in um, in the financial services realm at JPMorgan Chase and, and Fifth Third, and then at Humana, um, what I also fell in love with was analytics. And what you really learn is, is data at scale. Um, those type of companies are very information dense, very information rich. Um, and uh, I'll tell you that uh, the, the, the most fun I've had um, uh, in my career has certainly been at Papa John's, um, have appreciated so much all the teams that I've worked with throughout my career, have learned so much, um, like so many of your your audience and, and, and other uh, CIOs and CTOs on this call, have learned so much from so many great leaders, um, but have really had a, a, a fun time at Papa John's um, uh, because it's simple. Pizza is supposed to be fun. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, that's what we do every day. Yeah, and you know you've been there for almost four and a half years, so you've had the opportunity to um, probably build the team in your vision, right? And sort of hire the folks and structure structure the organization in the way that you, you'd want it to be uh, composed. So, can you tell me a little bit about the engineering culture at Papa John's and how you think about uh, building uh, the, the team that has the passion and the capability to deliver on? The company's vision and yours. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really a privilege to work with uh, the team here. Um, and like you said, we've we've kind of grown together and learned together over the years. 
Um, when I came into the organization, uh, I was leading up a, the digital solution space. Um, so really, we were very focused on, you know, uh, solutions, applications, um, uh, communications that touched uh, the customer. You know, think of our, our, you know, websites and search engines and push notifications and apps and emails and all those things. Um, and, you know, one of the first challenges we had to address kind of together as a, a leadership team was, um, you know, making sure that there was an engineering culture um, that kind of pervaded what we did, uh, but that it, it was very data driven um, as well. So, you know, again, from an analytics standpoint, uh, analytics isn't just for, um, for, for folks in finance or marketing or um, or HR or anywhere else, right? IT is, is part of the business. So how do we use this rich set of data? If you're in technology, you have access to more data than any other department in the company. So how do we use it to improve our own process um, to get insight that can help the business? So that was one of the, the early things that, that um, we started to address kind of culturally is just getting everybody behind that. Um, you know, later the, the role uh, kind of took a turn into enterprise architecture you know, again, when you look at a, a company, any company that's in retail, you often focus on the edge of the enterprise. Um, you know, what's what's ultimately um, touching the customer as you should, but behind the scenes, there's a there's a whole lot of infrastructure that's shared. Um, you know, whether it's through your supply chain or through your back office or through other systems. So what we had to really address was what is the best architecture that can help us be nimble, that can help us be um, kind of customer first. Um, so, so enterprise architecture, those, those principles and standards and, and patterns really helped um, drive that. And we're definitely, we have definitely not arrived yet, but the team has done fantastic um, work in that regard. Um, and then on the analytics piece, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we bootstrapped a little more of a data engineering um, uh, mindset uh, to data warehousing and a little bit more of uh, less of just pure descriptive analytics and starting to move into more um, diagnostic and prescriptive realms. Um, and again, we, we still have a lot to learn in support of our business and support of our customers, but um, I'm really proud of where the, the team has, has gone. So after having um, uh, really spent some time in each of those areas um, uh, in 2018, um, started to lead the entire team. What's exciting for us is we work with a set of customers and in, in generally in two categories. One is uh, traditional enterprise companies who don't come from technology or traditional industrials and various verticals. And then we, of course, we work with a bunch of digital natives. And what I admire the most is traditional companies that have transformed to become to sort of act and behave and think like the digital natives, you know, which is, I think, what what we all uh, aspire that they, they 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 get to, but not every traditional company can make that kind of a uh, technology and cultural shift. So, and I also believe that you know large organizations used to rely very heavily on just sort of outsourcing what ultimately became to be um, acknowledged as core competencies. And and I love how you've brought a lot of that in house and built that within your teams. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony, we, we don't believe that, um, that we've got a lock on anything. And I think that's the first, um, you know, it's actually one of our, our company values about innovating to win. So, um, you know, we, we constantly scan the horizon to say, hey, what can we learn from others? 
Um, that might be, uh, you know, a team in a, in a different area of the country, a different area of the building. Um, that might be uh, a competitor. That might be a, um, a technology leader. That might be someone in a different industry. So um, just being courageous enough to ask those questions and challenge ourselves is definitely, um, it's definitely part of, part of our uh, values and, and, and really mindset. But I think what's a lot harder, and you, you kind of hinted at this, is, you know, how do you take what you're good at already? Um, you know, if you weren't born digital, let's say, if you weren't born on the cloud, um, and, and not lose that core, uh, you know, of who you are and your purpose. So ultimately, you know, we're a, we're a pizza company. You know, we're, we're about better ingredients, better pizza. Um, pizza is going to be the star. Food is going to be the star. Innovation in the food space is uh is is the thing that's most important to us so how do we not lose that while still um keeping uh keeping technology as an enabler front and center for all those customer interactions all those supply chain interactions so that's that's been um that's been you know difficult over the years because you can get really enamored by the new shiny thing um and really lose focus of what you're there for and and it sounds like and and I think experientially what we've seen is that your your partnership in your organization with the line of business there seems to be no distinction like you are the core yes. enabler of line of business and I think that's not always common either where like IT operates in some silo and the office of the CIO has been the office of the CIO you know line of business needs, needs this and the answer is no but I think that's such a um, uh an, an outdated paradigm that unless that partnership is essentially uh fluid and, and is truly a partnership keeping up with the demands of how the, the consumer behavior is changing and the market shifting is just impossible yeah there's a, a phrase you've probably heard it before tony um called business it alignment and, and i've never really understood that phrase because it, it instantly creates a division. And, and I, I know it's used with the best of intentions, but um, again, IT is a part of the business. Right. Um, IT is, is fundamental and integral to, um, to the business. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really is just a mindset. It starts there. Um, you know, our CEO, Rob Lynch has been great and in, in, um, really across the board, every, every department, every function, um, kind of leading that that mentality of we have to we have to be in each other's business. We have to understand um, uh, at least at a high level what what all of our collective strategies are, or else we're never going to be able to drive um, the overall strategy of the company forward. So you know, technology is no no exception to that. Um, you know, one of the things that's really helped though um, in that is is just some of the the operating rhythms and and again back to kind of culture. Um, the team, I think, has really taken it upon themselves to, to have some pride in uh, in the business aspects and the business results. So instead of just um, technology type metrics, you know, uh, you know, logs and and uh, you know throughput and, and things of that nature, um, certainly we look at all those and and you know part of our job to be excellent, we have to look at that data every day. But also like being fastidious and going back to the business components. Um, conversion and incremental sales. You know what is incremental sales? We right, can, we can, right. you know, we can define that, right? Um, and all those other aspects uh, that define business outcomes. Um, when the team gets excited about that, you start to see real change. And like you said, for sure, um, 
you can walk into a room with plenty of Papa John's technology folks, marketing folks, and restaurant operations folks, and not have any clue who is who, at wow. least for some time, uh, just, just given yeah. the way they work together. So it's, it's, it's pretty neat to see. That's impressive. So it's not, it's, it's about not falling in love with the technology for its own sake, but understanding the direct line to revenue and customer experience. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So pivoting it a little bit, because when you and I prep for this, um, it's very seldom that I hear a technology leader talk so passionately about community impact um, yeah. and the role of Papa John's, especially right now in the midst of this crisis, which it, I think is a it's been the biggest moment of uh, cultural measure, you know, cultural definement for most companies. Uh, we all say certain things or have said certain things, you know, on our website that say this or that about our mm -hmm. culture of mission, but there's never been a truer test than the last, you know, three or four months um, with no clear end in sight, right? Like we don't know how long this thing is going to last and the long-term implications beyond the current pandemic of how, how some of these things that we took, used to take for granted will change permanently. So what has uh, Papa John's done that, that you're extremely proud of that you've seen in the community coming together for each other, but also for, for all your you know, millions of customers? Yeah, you know, I guess back to, the, back to learning, right? Um, one of the, the advantages and privileges we had was to be able to learn Early on, we're, we're a global company, about about 50 countries uh, throughout the world, where we're privileged to um, to serve our customers. And so, as the pandemic um, started to sweep across different regions of the world, as an example, we have a number of stores in China, um, Europe, Latin, all all the you know all the parts mm -hmm. of the globe. We were able to really, um, in real time, get feedback on how uh, how to best manage the situation, how to best take care of our customers and our employees health um uh just by by staying in in real close contact with um uh with the different regions around the world um you know when coronavirus escalated within the united states um you know the 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 fight so to speak became you know very local so from a dma standpoint um we started to look at our data more locally than we had ever had uh, before. You know, it actually triggered a lot of work from a data analytics standpoint. I'm really proud of how the cross-functional team um, across the entire organization um, stepped up to really dig into that data because, um, you know, what, what was happening, you know, in New York City versus Atlanta versus, um, you know, Chicago versus Louisville, et cetera, you know, it was not all the same, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, so, so learning and staying very close to the data as localized as possible um, were, were really important early on. I think, you know, one of the things that, that we love um, is despite the difficulty of the situation, it's been so difficult for so, so many people, but we feel like um, we've been able to support our communities best we can um, uh, in, in so many ways, you know, so, so thankful for our franchisees. We have 600 corporate stores, but the rest of our stores are, are franchised and, you know, a lot of this stuff is not, it's not talked about, it's not heralded, but just to see over and over and over at the ground level, um, the folks in the restaurants doing the, the real work, mm -hmm. um, uh, stepping up and helping, uh, helping each other and helping, uh, uh, their, their local neighbors and communities. It, it was awesome. Um, yeah. and with Chacaroni recently, we've had a chance to, to give back to, uh, to the community through Chacaroni. 
So if you're a fan of um, 66 pepperonis on pizza, three <laughs> cups of cheese on a pizza stretched real big, uh, New York style, go pick up a shakaroni. It's great. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, there's something about food, especially pizza. I don't know. That's like there's a direct connection to connection and human connection. And it's such an essential like it's, it's sustenance, right? Um, and, and, and the, the convenience and like, like it's a pizza party, right? Like the, they, they go together and they have for generations. And, um, it's amazing how there's a a reemphasis on that and then a huge emphasis on your point earlier, like making the food, you know, the star, but using technology and data to drive the right activities down to the micro, um, communities in which you work i think that's that's fantastic yeah pizza, pizza definitely is a, is a tool for bringing folks together you know certainly with with no contact you know uh in some <laughs> cases you you don't you don't want to be as close right and yeah. um so we we try to listen to our customers like a lot of other brands had to move quickly to say okay what's what's best given the infrastructure we have in place and and and, and our team members uh their needs as well um, you know, what's best from a no contact delivery, no contact carryout perspective. Yes. And again, this was where early on, you know, you think back to March, um, uh, I think a lot of IT teams, again, above and beyond Papa John's, but a lot of IT teams um, were able to execute with with quality at a speed that they would have never have imagined. Right. And it, and it goes back to like what we were talking about before, um, which was just if you get all aspects of the business aligned um not like not aligned in a sense of i'll tell you uh uh but aligned in a sense let's talk and collaborate on something and you have that singular vision you can move so fast and i've heard that from so many other leaders yeah i'm just amazed at how fast their teams were were able to to execute yeah i think that's a great segue into um another one of my guests chris beal is a cio of a platform company called connect themselves we use a the platform they are also a customer of ours and he's like, look, we don't talk about enough around how cloud te- cloud-enabled technology has saved massive parts of the economy. Like, imagine if there was no real easy way to collaborate, or if the only way to order a pizza was a phone call, or you didn't have the data and insights to shift strategy to the ground mm-hmm. level as, as Papa John's has been able to do and other, other companies who are... Um, enlightened uh, or has been able to do and i think it's a great segue into your relationship with cloud which is a couple of years into it now and i think uh you're very measured and methodical in terms of how you invested in in various cloud technologies i know we started our relationship on the map side the google maps platform side and now expanded to gcp um do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah you know um we had we had shared in our earlier discussions, you know that that nothing is a, there's no silver bullet out there. You know there's no there's no one thing, um, and you know as a, as a lot of us have come to find out, you know cloud is can be fairly amorphous without sort of a reference architecture and without mm-hmm. sort of a set of guiding principles. So that was some of the first work um, that our enterprise architecture team set out uh, to do was what are the the decision making principles that will will help us on this journey. Um, you know, you have to be careful uh, because everyone says I'm on a journey, 
but you also have to set goals because if mm-hmm. you don't set again, um, uh, just like any business person would specific metrics, specific targets, specific dates, you'll be on a journey for a very long time. Yes. And, uh, and you might be looking at the, at the, the roses and looking out the window, um, uh, for a very long time. So, you know, there's a balance, uh, that we found, um, specifically in cloud of, you know, evolutionary, uh, refinement and revolutionary change. And, you know, we've had to pick our battles and, you know, you mentioned Google, you know, the, the initiative that we executed with you all was, um, uh, from a map standpoint, that was more revolutionary for us. There was a lot of, um, a lot of speed, uh, that, that we were after and, and, and candidly, a lot of significant lift and shift that had to be done as part of that, that particular initiative. If you're in uh, the pizza business, a lot of businesses these days from a restaurant standpoint, you're also in the logistics business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some complexity behind there. Uh, so, um, so sometimes you make decisions where you gulp a little bit, you know, you say, Hey, this is, um, this is a measured risk I'm taking. Uh, in other, in other cases you test into it. Um, you know, one of, one of my mentors, uh, kind of has a a phrase, um, again, many of you have heard this before, but you know, test always define and test your riskiest assumptions. Mm -hmm. So we've used that in our cloud journey. Um, and, and really with other emerging technologies, uh, as well in, in terms of, uh, just documenting, what do we believe? Our, our risk is assumptions. If they're wrong, they could really hurt. Um, and what's the lowest cost kind of Wizard of Oz way we can test that assumption? Um, so combining those two, the, the evolution and the revolutionary has, has, uh, has guided us certainly as we've looked to consume more and more of public cloud. Well, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's a great journey and it's probably still very early stages in terms of the potential right moving forward as a, as a business continues to evolve and the needs continue to change um and again you've, you've been in tech for a long time you've seen many tech stacks and many vendors and evolution of cloud itself in terms of what the scale enables and maybe the cost per performance it enables and other things what are the what are some of the aspects uh whether it's on the mass <laughs> platform or gcp that you feel like uh google cloud does uniquely in a, in a differentiated way in any architecture, when you're evaluating hosting and workloads um, and integration of those workloads at the, at the infrastructure and then at the application level, you're thinking about some of the basic illities, you know? So can I maintain this maintainability, um, the, the scalability, the availability, uh, security, and even the, you know, things that, that you, you, you may not, you may have had someone else take care of, you know, for you and your IT shop, you know, the, the kind of incremental run rate of things and the cost mm-hmm. of things. So, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things we appreciate about Google Cloud was there was a real partnership on all of those things. It wasn't like those were um, those were second uh, second class citizens, so to speak. Um, up front, actually, it was it was Google or Wasada who were coming to us and saying, hey, here's a playbook for this. Here's an accelerator for this or here's what you must be thinking about, because, again, in, in any environment, you know, again, not unique to cloud, but in any environment where you're hosting data, you need to care about security. You need to care about right. speed and performance. Um, so, so that's that's one thing I definitely um, definitely have appreciated. I think another another piece, and and we're we're learning. Um, you know, there's no there's no silver bullet, but um, 
you know, one of the things we, we started with was uh, data analytics. Mm-hmm. And you, you typically contend with data gravity in the architecture of any kind of distributed system, um, you know, and, and the speed of light and all those things. But, um, you know, we were able to engineer our store systems, our digital systems, our ERP and back office systems in such a way. In some cases, we're still on like an ETL or ELT type architecture. But more recently, a lot of it is more streaming oriented, um, event oriented. And there was a lot of native capability. Very real time. Very real time, Tony. Um, And just a lot of native capability in the platform to handle that. And it wasn't, you know, I didn't have to spend a bazillion dollars to implement those type of architectures. I didn't have to have a lot of customized um, software. Uh, You know, our our developers could pick up uh, the skill set fairly rapidly and, and it felt natural to them. So, you know, one of our early wins and it gave us some wind in our sails for future things was really in the data warehousing space we were able to um, to execute some initiatives that we feel would have taken much much longer had we taken a different path definitely google provides some things that are in its in its wheelhouse if you think about google as a company over the last 20 years the capabilities they've had to build to serve their own applications to the public right whether it's maps or uh, Chrome or, you know, the Play Store or any of those things. Uh, they've had to master some of those technologies and, and sort of break new ground. I think BigQuery and the surrounding ecosystem is, 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 a, is a part of that architecture that now other organizations can mm-hmm. buy and buy by the SIP and scale over time. And also, if I look at the work that we're doing in general, Yes, we're still doing a lot of infrastructure modernization work with lift and shift or re-architect or containerize or whatever, right? Anthos is interesting in some large enterprise. But what's what we're what's building up the fastest is all the data is all the work around data engineering. That's where we're hiring the most. That's the biggest pipeline of work. And it just makes sense. You have to modernize architecture, sure, on the infrastructure side, but then the next immediate thing is like, how do I even get my data? to a point where I can then build insights out of, then I can do maybe even predictive model modeling out of, right? So the storage of data, that problem has generally been solved in silos because it's not a, you know, you can store it in certain ways, but then how do you get it to a point where you said, where it's real time, it has the right um, uh, structure, right? And then you can build on top of that. And I think that's where, uh, companies are going to compete in the future. Like who's going to have the best handling, like the mastery of their own data to build the best right. possible company using that, um, using that sort of superpower. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you make it as simple as possible as well? Because, um, yeah. you know, if, if you look at where um, big data, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we, um, we cringe a bit, you know, at the buzzword of big data, but you mm-hmm. think about, um, the the technology underpinnings when when that word came on the scene, <clears throat> a lot of it was very kind of Hadoop and and HDFS and and that whole Avro and, and that whole ecosystem of technologies, and you you almost needed a, a PhD in configuration management yes. just to make sense of it all, um, and, and yarn and all those other things, uh, and and not that again, not that you know anything is without tuning um, and care. You, you still have to have those those processes and disciplines in the cloud, but you you should be spending 
the majority of your time on um, on engineering, on business initiatives. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the pivot point that we reached, you know, a few years back um, in, in public cloud and specifically uh, with Google here is, is spending more of our time analyzing data and yeah. less about, you know, the plumbing. And I, I know, I know that's, you know, a tried and true saying is, you know, we, we have to spend more time on, on business differentiating initiatives, but, that was the first time where we really felt like, hey, um, we're seeing it. Uh, we're, we're not even, we're having to spend so much less time on doing the, the typical things that we have in the past. Here, here's what's really exciting to me, Tony, is the team, um, just seeing how much the team learned. And I, I've learned yeah. so much from the team. We, we had, um, you know, we had folks who, uh, you know, certainly we brought in some new talent along the way, but some folks who, uh, you know, were just fantastic front end engineers. Yeah. or infrastructure and network engineers <clears throat> or admins, um, you know, pick up new skill sets. And, and when you look at the, uh, the cloud landscape, um, it's very achievable. And some of yeah. those folks were converted to data engineers um, and, and kind of fell in love with it. And we've been, you know, we've been rocking and rolling on that ever since. That's very necessary because <laughs> there's just more demand than supply yes. of talent yes. for the foreseeable future. And, and I love stories where, you know, even within our organization, as we're able to pivot folks from one set of skills to another, we actually just launched, I think Tuesday was the first day of the SADA University concept where we take junior engineers, recent graduates from school, plus even internal folks at SADA and, and teach them. And our first cohort mm -hmm. is all going through the data engineering uh, program within SADA as well. And, you know, that's exactly. how you retain and grow and develop um, engineers over time. And also, again, we have this concern. So you is like, how do you, how do you create the best and most exciting place for engineers to work, right? Like, and they don't want to be doing maintenance. They want to be doing cool engineering work and, and, and impacting the business. <laughs> That's what they yeah, want to be. I think, I think sometimes, Tony, we um, inadvertently make that more difficult than it has to be because we, we position innovation as, as either something that's externalized that an agency is going to bring you yeah. or, or yeah. from special exactly. uh, event is going to bring you really, it should be this always on thing. Um, totally. And, and you can apply it to, to really anything, right? It's just a different way of looking at a problem, being open again to, to thinking differently about it um, and learning from others. But um, you can be innovative in the way you operate your IT organization. I, I, I tell the team sometimes, you know, how can how can you help yourself first? Like, what are the the innovative things you can do to make your own life easier? Um, okay. You free up some of your own cycles. You know, that's innovation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't always have to be something that's going to be on the front page of the newspaper. Totally. You know, I think to your point, external sources can uh, provide the inspiration. But ultimately, like the machinery and the culture to, to, to be sustainable yeah. has to be has to exist within. Um, I loved hearing these insights, and I'm sure our listeners are going to learn quite a bit as well and be inspired, which is the whole point of this thing uh, is, is really highlighting leaders and companies who are doing really, really cool things um, on technology. And of course, with, with a little bit of a Google Cloud angle. But looking forward, what are the things that um, you're most excited about next few years? Like, what's what's top of mind for you? Sure. You know, um, Tony, the, the things I'm, I'm most excited about is is uh, really, really 
worthwhile problems. So, um, you know, worthwhile problem may be easy to solve. Um, you know, I think a lot of us like uh, enjoy solving hard problems, but um, the team, our team here at Papa John's um, really gets energized by solving worthwhile problems. And we feel like um, our, our business and our mission um, is is really generating a lot of those great things for us. I'll give you, I'll give you some examples. <clears throat> we have a lot of opportunity, I think, in the delivery space, mm. whether that's from, um, through our supply chain and, and uh, all the sourcing aspects from our uh, quality control centers down to our stores or from our stores um, to the customer. There's, there's no secret that in the industry, there's been a lot of innovation delivery recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from a logistics standpoint, we feel there's still some, some worthwhile problems to solve there. Things that can make our drivers, uh, lives so much easier and better, um, can elevate their experience and can also elevate our customers' experience and that interaction. Um, we feel like, uh, you know, the, the traditional channels of, of our website, um, our, our mobile apps, some of the other things we do with, uh, with Apple TV, with Alexa, with Facebook, et cetera, those those um, will will continue to stand and and uh, and grow in their own right. But you know, we've spent a lot of time thinking about where is the customer. You know, yeah. uh, where is the customer today? And, and you know, the reality is there's still a lot of innovation left um, in the phone channel. Um, you know, sure. the, we, we have a lot of customers who still call the store. Of course, yeah. And so, how can we leverage technology again? Technology in the background. Food is the star, but you know, yeah. and, the, and the customer is first and foremost. But how can we leverage technology to make that a better experience um, for for the customer, a quicker experience, a less error prone experience, right? Um, so those are those are some things we get really excited about, and and being able to do that in a in a more iterative fashion where it, it can be less big bang, and again where we can test our risky assumptions upfront where need be. So that's why I get excited about. And where I see, um, you know, some of the industry going, I think is, is uh, really, really this mindset of, of data democracy. Um, mm-hmm. Data democracy in of itself doesn't help you. So I can throw all the data in the world at you and say self serve on it. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna tell me, Justin, where's the insight? Um, <laughs> but you have to start with a good foundation of data. And yeah. you, you can't you can't be in an e-commerce business or a consumer-facing business, um, or any business in which you're claiming to, um, to to drive through the lens of the customer if you don't really understand your customers. So, you know, in my mind, it's that hierarchy. You have to master your customers. You have to have good, clean quality uh, data, and you have to have data management processes to generate that. Um, but then you need to really, I think, inspire each and every person that you touch. And again inside IT, outside IT, that, um, that really insight is, is part of everyone's job description. So, you know, for me, that's where, that's where I think a lot of our industry, um, is going, I hope is going is, is, uh, converting, um, converting folks who maybe thought their job was to just look at a laptop and, and operate a process into, Hey, you have an opportunity. Every time you touch a system, every time you touch a piece of data, to really share a business insight with someone. So I think, mm-hmm. I, I think um, that is powerful for Papa John's. I think uh, it's, it's going to be a big deal in the retail industry going forward. 
I completely agree. And uh, what's exciting is with everything that has already uh, transformed in the last several years, how much more innovation and excitement there is still ahead. Um, just scratching the surface of what's possible. I think we're going to see science fiction-like capabilities very mm -hmm. soon as AI and ML become more of a packaged and commercial uh, things like we've seen with dialogue flow and contacts in AI as sort of a starting point of a commercial application around uh, transforming the traditional, you know, the phone experience, which has been around for, you know, 100 plus years. Um, really excited to continue to support you for many years to come. What I love about this ecosystem and our customers is uh, if we do our job well, we can stay uh, relevant to you for, for, for a lifetime. And, you know, that's always our objective. And I really appreciate you coming on Cloud and Clear and, and sharing your point of view. I've learned a lot and I know our, our listeners will as well. Thank you, Justin. Tony, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.